We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast your saturday crew is here happy weekend we are a week away from packers playoff football i am one of your hosts of the saturday crew jason perone of the Packaday Podcast game on Wisconsin, the Quick Slants Podcast, along with Paul Brettel of the Packaday Podcast, Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast, and Matt Freilich of the Packaday Podcast and Game on Wisconsin's Final Dump Podcast. Gentlemen, we're getting closer to Packers football. We normally do the injury updates, and we're going to do something a little bit more fun during this show. But before we get to anything else... We got to start where we got to start. First of all, I need to know how you guys are doing over there in Green Bay. Matt, we'll start with you. How are we looking? How are you feeling? Honestly, I'm doing pretty damn well. I mean, it's we're going into the bye week, just hanging out. It's been a great week. Uh, as promised before we recorded, Paul said, well, I don't want to. I, I found the article, Paul. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going <laughs> to. I found it. It's being retweeted. So, uh, but Paul, Paul will get to that a little bit later on the show. He's got to, you got to, he's got to tip his hat to himself. But uh, I'm doing great. Um, just hanging out Friday night and excited to watch them play a football this weekend with you boys. Heck yeah, stress free weekend. Paul Brendel, how are we looking in, in Green Bay and, and from from the basement, from the, from the basement. amazing. You guys can't see it, but Paul's got a nice little Packer pad great down setup. there. Yeah, my wife, she's a very very talented uh, artist with a paintbrush. Oh, yeah. So opposite of me but i'm doing very well and i have to say i'm incredibly incredibly excited that playoff football is here mm-hmm. like incredibly excited guys yeah no doubt. it's time yeah it is time no doubt. no doubt no doubt so let's get to some news of the day uh actually what, what am i talking about we gotta do the weather first right i, I mean we have know, to have i am i new to this show it's my own rule no. so weather reports sounds like the furthest east we go this particular week is Green Bay, Wisconsin. Paul, I believe you're going to do the, the Green Bay weather, so take it away. It's all you. How are we looking in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where there will be no uh, Packers game played this weekend? Yeah, so after last weekend, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, or Wednesday, Thursday, it hit like freezing, like 32. Mm-hmm. 
and man, it felt so good. Like uh-huh. there's such a difference between 32 and when it feels like minus 15. But we're back to the cold stuff for the time being. Pretty windy out there. And looking ahead, we'll obviously get to this more next week. But it looks like next for next week's game, it's gonna be very, very chilly. Like very chilly. It's exactly how we want it. Hopefully, it's man. I hope it's the Cardinals. Yeah, amazing. Honestly. All right, so that is the Green Bay weather. And then we come all the way over to the Phoenix, Arizona locale, where I'll just say low 70s uh, for the high. We're dipping into the high 40s over the overnight lows. Like, you know, I get the same looks, and, and, you know, Paul's not even paying attention, as he should, and I wouldn't either, you know, Mr. Gloat Boy over here in Phoenix. So 70s, as always, send some sunshine and warmth your way. But I hope to be making the trek into that freezing cold and for the uh, conference championship if yep. uh, round, if that should happen to be a thing for the Green Bay Packers. So we top it off this week with our friend Harry in Kamloops, Canada. Real low. Actually, we completely skipped one other, but we'll go back to him at the end because he'll forgive us. Uh, Harry says Saturday is a mix of rain and snow makes driving fun. High of 41, low of 30. Fly Eagles fly this weekend. He wants to see Tom Brady somehow knocked out and upset by the Philadelphia Eagles. I completely forgot Pack-A-Day's very own Dan Kotnick, who said, who in Detroit said mm-hmm. it is freeze your upper extremities off cold in Detroit. Only 22, but the wind chill has it around 10. Guys, uh, most of our fan base probably understands Green Bay, either grew up in Wisconsin or have been there before. That wind chill changes everything, doesn't it? It just kind of makes the temperature not really matter. It could be 32 degrees, but the wind's blowing. Yeah, honestly, like I like like Paul was saying too. Like I got to chime in because like this week it was on. It got to 35, and I considered opening the sunroof on the drive home. Like I'm not kidding. And then like today, like before I'm your wild man. But it's like you know how it was. Like the sun was out, Paul. It felt great. And then like tonight, like I'm going and running some errands before we're gonna record, and it's like windy as hell. I'm walking out of Menards. I'm freezing. Like it, it, the wind can be some can be some crap. Like it's it sucks. But yeah, Dan Dan knows. Dan gets the temperature stuff. He uh, from Dan's recommendation, get some earmuffs and maybe get a scarf on from from what it sounded like. Yeah, especially where Dan's freezing the most. It sounds like so. Exactly. uh, The question, Matt, is did you save big money when you went to Menards? You know what? Fifteen percent on the uh, the the brown bag sale right now. Everything fit in the bag is fifteen percent off. No no rebate though. You know I, I love the rebate. I love to get the rebate. I'm sure Paul's the same way. You get the rebate, mm-hmm. then you wait till the next time you double up on the rebate. So you use the rebate and get the, it's it's an endless game. It's an endless cycle. But we got to restart and start over in 2022 with the fifteen percent off on the brown bag. Lock yeah, it. Two year, two two years ago we put up a fence in our backyard when we first moved into our house and went went there for the rebate. Of course. All right, lock it up with the rebate. At Menards. All right, so there was some news that came out on Friday. The Packers were practicing a little bit this week. Got some really good news, some crazy news this week on players who are returning to practice. I feel like we're in the opposite vortex that we were in last year where guys were going down. This year, guys just keep coming back. We'll talk about that in a minute, but on Friday it broke. Some all-pro news, and as expected, at least two of these three names I think we knew were going to be voted all-pro in an absolute deserving third. Aaron, quarterback Aaron Rodgers, wide receiver Devontae Adam, first-team all-pro nominations and linebacker Devondre Campbell gets a first team all pro nod even though he didn't even make the Pro Bowl so I have to start with Paul and Paul will tell us all why he gets to go first with his take on the all pro nods I'll wait until the end (laughs) 
So like Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, I think we all, and kudos to Devontae Adams for being unanimous in that all-pro selection. But Devondre Campbell, first off, the best free agent value signing of this past year. A one-year contract for $2 million, Brian Gudikins. And he signed him, what, in early June? So free agency had gone on for a few months and brought him in. A few numbers here. Devondre Campbell is PFF's second-highest graded inside linebacker. He was six in solo tackles. Only missed four tackles the entire season, fewest among linebackers. He had 53 stops or plays that result in a loss for the offense, and he allowed only 6.8 yards per catch uh, as a, a in coverage, which was the second best among linebackers. So a well-deserved uh, honor for him. He's been a game changer, honestly, for this defense and a huge part of it. I mean, the Detroit game, the Packers were running some very bland vanilla defenses but they missed him in the middle of that defense. It's not a coincidence that I don't remember the exact numbers, but Jared Goff was like 15 of 16 when he attacked the middle of the field. The Lions were picking up a ton of yards after the catch. A lot of that, the Green Bay Packers missed Devondre Campbell. And Jason, in particular, we've been we've been doing this podcast together for at least two years, maybe three now. You know that I'm usually not one to go out of the way to toot my own horn. However, Rewind to March of 2020, March of 2020, before free agency. I'm sure everybody remembers March of 2020 for a lot of other reasons as well. But yes, way back. NFL, we're talking NFL free agency, though. But this was before free agency opened. It was before the Green Bay Packers ended up signing Christian Kirksey to be their linebacker for the season. Had an article out at Dairyland Express talking about how Green Bay Packers should look at Devondre Campbell. Now, I'm not sitting here saying I thought he was going to be an all-pro because I certainly did not see that one coming. Not sure that many or any of us did, but I've always been a big fan of his game, and just we saw it on display this season. The reliable tackler has a blitzer in coverage, run defender. He's just, you know, he never, he doesn't do anything in particular that's super, super flashy, although this year he's done more of it, but he's just a very well-rounded linebacker, and we've seen the benefits of of that this season and it'll be interesting to see if it changes whether Green Bay chooses to re-sign Devondre Campbell which of course he's going to cost it's going to come with a lot of money the cap situation we all know that but it's going to be interesting to see if his play his effect on this defense even if they don't bring him back changes the front office's mindset when it comes to the inside linebacker position because we know it's one that they typically have not valued in the past whether that's free agency uh, spending money in free agency on it, whether it's an early round draft pick. And again, like I said, they got an all pro, but they only paid $2 million for one. They weren't exactly breaking their mold and going out and spending money. So in the off season, that'll be interesting to see, but we're here to talk about this season. Tvondra Campbell, he's been excellent. He really has. And Matt, your thoughts on these three. And I guess a question I'll kick to you from Paul's thought is, mm-hmm. Do the Packers just, if they win the Super Bowl this year, are they just content and say, hey, all right, you know, we struck gold at the inside linebacker position, but let's go right back to not valuing it because we got limited cap space. We only have so much draft capital and all that kind of stuff. So are we potentially looking at a reversion by the front office to inside linebacker just, you know, take get what we get? Yeah, for, and to to go off what Paul said, like you guys have been doing this podcast for a while, and I know Paul, like he, Paul puts a lot of work in and like he has every right to be boasting about this like more power to you and i'm glad i found that tweet and he was able to hopefully get some get some <laughs> love off that so um honestly i don't know what the hell they're gonna do like the fact that devondre campbell is an all pro 
um, on a super, super slim one-year deal. I mean, you kind of look – even the deal he got – I think I was looking the other day. Even the deal he got with the, the Cardinals after he left Atlanta was still $6 million for one year. So, like, he's going to go out and get $10 million. Like, And to answer your question, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I feel like they don't necessarily value inside linebacker all that much. Maybe Joe Barry does it a little bit more than uh, Mike Pettin did, but – I think at the end of the day, Brian Gutekunst signed the guy in you know early June at, to being a starter, um, or ended up being a starter. I guess just so happened, like would show you where they value it. They didn't really draft anyone this year at, at linebacker. Um, you know the guy they did draft the previous year, Kamal Martin, he was gone. Like it's just I, I don't see why they would change that narrative. And I think the way the NFL is going, uh, more of that hybrid nickel defense, and they got some guys like that that can play those spots. They're going to rely on that more, but unfortunately, you know, push come to shove, like if you can't have a guy in the middle like Devondre Campbell to clog up the run and be in pass coverage effectively, you're you're kind of screwed against any team that has some good running backs and some good offensive linemen. Um, which there's some teams in the end in the NFL in the playoffs right now on the either side of the on the either side of the conferences that um, can do that. So um, I, I don't think anything will change. Um, but they struck gold again with uh, 59. It's awesome to see him get that uh, All Pro nod. Yeah, I love it. I like the the accolade going in real time because we've seen these these awards get awarded a year later. Like Kenny Clark was a Pro Bowler a year after the fact. Speaking of which, no Kenny Clark on the All Pro team this mm-hmm. year, which seems to me kind of criminal. And and we talked a little before we started. It's because he's a nose tackle. Well, I mean, he's the best nose tackle in football. He can get after the passer. He can penetrate on the run. There's he's a, he's a disaster for opposing offensive lines in every situation. He's very well rounded. A lot of times, guys specialize. They're really good at playing the run, rushing the passer, penetrating. They're you know I don't want to call them one trick ponies. These are pros, but Kenny Clark does it all. And so for him not to be on this list just goes to show there's a lot of discretion and and subjectiveness that goes on with these votes. But Devondre Campbell getting his due. <laughs> As Packers fans, we probably should have actually wished that maybe he didn't get this all-pro nod because then Green Bay might have a chance to sign him a little cheaper. But, but do you think that would have mattered, though? Like, honestly, no. like, everyone knows he's had a yeah. good year. Like, no. it, might have, it might have took a couple million off. But, like, they have so many guys that they're going to have to resign. But he, good for him. Like, he's going to get paid a little bit more, too. Yeah, to your point, Matt, it's, it's no secret. If you own a television, you know he's been really good. And if the Packers win the Super Bowl, whether he's an all-pro or not, he was a huge huge factor and he's a reason why teams can't go over the middle look look what's happened over the middle in those the few games that he's been out you know that it's been back to kind of just getting gashed and maybe the Packers were playing a little softer on purpose for whatever reason that be they had a healthy lead against the Vikings so you can understand that but they had to scratch and claw this past week with even with backups against the Lions in a game unfortunately that they didn't win so but getting back to it great great honor and great accolades for this team to go along with some of the pro bowlers. Uh, again, I think it's hilarious that Demondre Campbell's an all pro, but he's not a pro bowler. So that'll, that'll just continue to to baffle me. And we all know how I feel about the pro bowl. It's the most meaningless thing out there in, in all of pro sports. I think they could I'm pretty sure that happened to David Bakhtiari as well. Yeah. Like a year, two years ago, he yeah. was an, it wasn't a pro bowler, but an all pro all pro, but not a pro bowler, which is just nonsensical to me. Absolutely is nonsensical. So, before we get to, we're gonna so we're gonna each give an X factor going into the playoffs that we think is gonna play a role. And we've maybe the interesting thing is is we put these lists together, and every day, guys, I feel like we're learning about someone else who's coming back to practice, which is insane to me. We learned on Thursday 
that we know Zadarius Smith was back at practice for the first time. He was cleared, but we had heard before that that he was. So we knew there was a chance he was going to start practicing. But surprising to all of us, linebacker Whitney Merciless back at practice on Thursday after his big bicep tear injury, which was absolutely insane, unless my eyes deceived me. But he was out there on the field, and Elton Jenkins was there too. Of course, he was in a scooter after he had his ACL surgery, so I don't want to make it excite anybody. But it does kind of make you wonder, if are we going to see Big E and, and Robert Tunyon somehow come back and, and join this team? No, they won't. They're, unfortunately, ACL injuries, and they had surgery and no can do. So as far as that goes... All these guys are back practicing. Now, we have yet to actually find out that, I mean, from what Matt LaFleur said, it sounds like Jair Alexander and Whitney Merciless have a good chance to join this team in the divisional round, which means you're getting a ton of these guys back. Randall Cobb practicing. I mean, pretty much everybody that didn't have a season-ending injury is going to be available, and the Packers are now going to have to figure out who to activate, and they'll actually have their preferred depth chart. You've got Russell Douglas, who's come on since the last time Jair Alexander played. So now you've got even more things to do at the cornerback spot. So if we were doing the injury report this week, like we normally do, this would be a really fun show because it would be a smaller list and there's a ton of guys coming back. So Paul, Whitney Merciless, I have even seen some tweets and I know that sometimes we get caught up and we're prisoners of the moment that the pass rush really dipped down, even though he wasn't a key part and he wasn't a starter, that the pass rush did kind of dip and suffer a little bit with him being gone. Well, if he's got a chance to come back and play now, that only gives a big shot in the arm to that pass rush going into the postseason. And he's and he's a tested veteran who's played in some playoff games. Huge, absolutely huge. I mean, and you could feel free to talk about Z and anybody else that was back out there on the practice field. This Packers team is getting healthy at the right time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, isn't it? Um, just sticking with the edge rusher specifically, I actually wrote about the edge rusher group over at GSID TV on Friday, so check that out. But this Green Bay Packers pass rush, they've been one of the most productive in football this season, led, of course, by Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. But 
as we look at this team as a whole, obviously they're the one seed, they're getting healthy. There isn't a ton of concerns that we can point out uh, on this team. But one that we could have found was the edge rusher depth. As good as Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith were both top 10 in pressures generated among edge rushers this season, Gary second, Preston Smith tied for 10th. Those two can't play the entire game. No edge rushers can. Every team has their rotations in there. And when they would leave the field and Jonathan Garvin would come on, Tipa Nyali, uh, Ladarius Hamilton, I mean, as you would expect, the play from the edge rusher group really dipped off. And it's, they struggled against the run as well. There just wasn't that same uh, same pressure on the quarterback when Preston and Rashawn weren't on the field. Now, all of a sudden, you're adding... Zadarius Smith potentially back to the mix. Whitney Merciless back to the mix as well. And Whitney Merciless, it was a small sample size, just three weeks, but he tallied 10 pressures, a sack, and in PFF's pass rush productivity metric, which is just an efficiency metric. How many pressures do you generate per snap? He ranked 32nd out of 105 edge rushers during that three-week span. So when you have Z and Merciless taking those 20 to 25 pass rush snaps per game, instead of Garvin or Tipa, obviously it goes without saying, but that's a potential huge upgrade for this pass rush unit. And I think, I mean, I've already mentioned how well Gary and Preston played this year. I think that those two would continue to be the primary two edge rushers. I mean, Zadarius, as good as he's been his first two years, he's still working back from an injury. He only has 18 snaps under his belt this season. I see him, and Merciless was always going to be in a rotational role. That was always going to be his job. But I see those two being the the primary. You know, It's third down. It's an obvious passing situation. Get them on the field. So I still see Preston Gary being the primary pass rushers. But overall, that unit gets a tremendous boost. And we all know once you get to the playoffs, your weaknesses – can be magnified and they can be the reason that you're sent home. Well, what was a weakness, the depth of the edge rusher group. Now, all of a sudden when those are your top four, that's, that's a strength. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Get, get your guys back. And I think if you look at the pedigree of certain players like Jair and, and Zadarius Smith, they haven't played. And so there's going to be a little bit of physical rust, but mentally and from a confidence standpoint, Absolutely no lack there. Matt, I'm sure you echo, we're kind of pandering at this point. It's obviously great news, but I'm sure you echo the excitement of this Packers team being in a much better position than they were last year just because all these key guys at the key positions are there versus not there. Yeah, that's tough. it's honestly tough to keep your expectations, for me at least, like tapered. Like you get all these guys back. They've had such a good year. Um, throw out a couple quarters here and there. Obviously, the most recent one and a couple, and you know the week one, and they're a hell of a football team from Labor Day to you know the first of the year. And now they're getting all these guys back. Uh, at the very least, you can piece together hopefully Merciless and Zadarius Smith and come up with you know one solid pass rusher, whether they're playing sixty percent of the snaps, forty percent, what whatever it is. Um, it, it's it's tough not to be super optimistic and and super biased. Basically, if you're a Packers fan and someone that, you know, we talk about it, Paul writes about it. We we have all sorts of stuff going on. Like you you break it down and like and even the national media is digging that attention. Vegas is getting that attention like it's there's there's no reason for a Packers fan to not think that they should be able to go all the way and at least reach uh, the Super Bowl, win a freaking home playoff game or excuse me, a home NFC championship game for once. Like that would be awesome. So um, I'm super jacked, clearly, and getting these guys back this week was not something I expected. Zedarius kind of expected, but Whitney Merciless, 
whatever he can contribute at this point would be unbelievable. But it's a it's a great it's a great bye week because it's it, I, I was a little skeptical a couple weeks ago about eh, that that round one bye momentum this and that this and that I screw it I'm 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 done with being pessimistic I'm I'm all in that they're gonna put this team together and it's gonna be incredible. And this this uh, this quote isn't exact, but go to Packers.com, check out Wes Hodkowitz's article. Joe Barry talked about in his press conference this week, and I got like chills listening to it. When Merciless first went down, he told the team, or I don't know if it was Barry or whoever, but he said, "I'm coming back. I promise you, I'm coming back." Those were his words. Yeah, and he got his, and he made his way back, which is incredible. And also, thank goodness for this rule. I hope they keep it to let the teams sure. bring all these guys back off injured reserve. I just think, and there's a lot of financial, this too versus being on injured reserve and being able to play the game. And I think it just adds the excitement to the, and the competitive, I don't want to say competitive balance. If some teams aren't able to bring guys back, but I mean, if the more teams have a chance to do that, the better the product is on the field. So let's just, I never really understood that one or two guys, maybe roster jockeying and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I think that certain things happen and, and that is what it is. I looked at, la- look at last year. Um, if you guys remember, the Buccaneers got Vita Vea back mm-hmm. just in time for the yeah. NFC mm-hmm. Championship game. There's a perfect example of mm-hmm. he just needs to come back and play really well in one game. I mean, the Packers just need to get to the Super Bowl. I know they want to win it. And, and I would be disappointed if they got there and didn't win that game. But let's one thing at a time. The Packers have to win the NFC Championship game and the real... The deal is, if they're in the NFC Championship game this year, it's at Lambeau. And from a legacy standpoint, and what for whatever this matters to everybody, there have been a lot of really good Packers teams that have not had a home NFC Championship game. Aaron Rodgers still, his first one was last year in his 16th season. And Brett Favre only got one. They had to win their second one on the road in San Francisco in 1997. Right? So you have to go all the way back to Bart Starr. I mean, Bart Starr. Brett Favre. Now Rodgers wants to add a home NFC Championship game to his legacy on top of having the one Super Bowl. And then that means he gets to two. He equals Favre. And if he can win it, they can win a second one. Then he overtakes Brett Favre, too. So there's some legacy stuff involved there, too. I just think this team is so dialed in. And it's Matt LaFleur's, you know, you can still say he's very successful, the winning his head coach in, in the start of his career. But he still hasn't, hasn't, you can still say he's young. He's got a lot to learn and, and experience as a head coach. It's his third try. I mean, look, this is it's it's do it. You got to make it happen at this point. And he's saying all the right things. This team just seems very dedicated, very committed. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I know the protocols may have been different last year, but I don't remember the practice them practicing as much during the bye week. And I don't know if that was just a change in the in the schedule. I guess, Paul, I'll start with you since you write so many articles. And you probably <laughs> wrote about it. Uh, actually, that one I do not recall. I'm not sure how they're treating this one differently. I know they're Matt Lafleur. They're still taking the time off. Matt Lafleur said this week, still wants everyone out of the facility and home by dinner time, which is obviously different than when they're in the thick of it during the season. So, still making sure to give them their rest. And Jason, you and I talked about this last week. There isn't a coach in football, or if there are, is there's very few of them that have his pulse on the team like Lafleur does and knows when to lay off hey we're just gonna kind of as he often says do a above the shoulders type of practice today and when to you know go after it so i um, mean you know he has the the pulse on the team and has the trust of those guys and whatever type of decisions he's going to make in preparation yeah and they just they look they look so polished and ready and joe barry has exceeded expectations and just the things are lining up here it doesn't mean anything until they win the game so we've seen things line up really well for past Packers teams, but this is a home game. 
these guys, it's almost like they're getting a mulligan. You know, last year they had a home game, but it was weird. There was only 15,000 fans in the stands. It was a little NFC championship light. Things didn't end well for them. It wasn't the same atmosphere and, and crowd that it normally would be. Supposed to be cold as hell. I know we don't go that far out, but we might have to try and get Luke back on the show for the NFC Championship game if it's going to yeah. be super, super cold. That would be really cool just to hear how how it's really going to look. But team is absolutely dialed in, and it's great to see all these all these players back. And I I guess we can we can kind of move on from there. So mm-hmm. X factors, the player that we've each chosen, and there are more than just the the one each that we're going to do that are going to matter the most going into the playoffs. The Packers, as we just laid out, have a little bit of work to do to get over the bugaboo that's been the conference championship game. So we'll each give our X-Factor player a little bit of rebuttal from the others as we move around the horn. Matt, we'll start with you. Your X-Factor for the 2021 Green Bay Packers going into the divisional round of the playoffs and how they get past that and into the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, and I I think you could come up with a handful, you know, over a dozen, but it's a matter of how you you argue it and you you, you kind of uh, debate it a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Alan Ro- or uh, excuse me, Alan Lazard. Paul wrote about it in his article this week, and I thought it was a really good take. And personally, I've been kind of a fan of Alan Lazard since he was been on the team. Uh, loved him at Iowa State. Loved that the fact that they were able to even get him on the roster, and he was able to fight through those days where they had drafted those three receivers, and Kumaro was there, and their days of Reggie Bagleton, and you know Jawan Winfrey now, and just all these guys, and he's been able to contribute a ton these last couple weeks he's averaging just over five and a half catches averaging a touchdown a game since after uh, uh the bye week and it's it's a guy that i think they're going to need to step up more is is Devonte adams probably the best receiver in the league absolutely but they're going to be going up against better defenses um tougher cornerback matchups obviously he's had the upper hand on jalen ramsey the last couple times trayvon Diggs. we all saw that tweet earlier in this week uh ridiculous but i think trayvon could have some fits for Devonte, but i think he'd get that upper hand um you go across the board in the nfc there's other you know good cornerbacks there and or afc obviously does too but i think they need to have another contributor in the past game because um come playoff time defensive coordinators and specifically players are going to up their ante and throw uh, maybe the kitchen sink at Devontae Adams. And it's not to say that, you know, him and Rodgers won't get his, but we've seen a few times, maybe in the in, in most recent, I would say in the NFC Championship game last year where the chemistry was just off with um, Devontae, uh, but specifically Aaron Rodgers. So I think they're going to have to have another guy step up in the receiving game. It doesn't have to be a huge game from Alan Lazard. Um, if he sticks to what he's been doing the last couple of weeks, I'd be fine with that. Five catches would be great. Getting the end zone once, awesome. Um, but Allen's the guy. Like he, I, I, he's got more receiving yards right now than um, MVS. Obviously, MVS played you know four or five less games. Um, MVS can take the top of the defense. Allen can't, but Allen can block. Allen can you know do a ton of things that MVS can't, and the other receivers can't. So I'm going with Allen Lazard, and I think he's going to have. He'll have to have a big play or a big game or a big half or a big quarter at some point throughout this. Hopefully, these next three games um, for them to uh, win and win the Super Bowl and make it there at least. I like that pick, Matt and Allen Lazard. One thing I can say about him, if if it doesn't equate to his actual production on the field. For a guy that wasn't drafted, that dude is not afraid of anything. The moment, a play, a defender, he is the reason he's so successful is because of what's between his ears. Paul, I'm sure it's no, you, you probably have no problem with Alan Lazard being thrown out there, especially with MVS being a bit of a question mark and Randall Cobb coming back off of a core injury. And I, I don't assume he's not just going to step right back in there. Lazard's huge. And that blocking factor, there's so many little things that he does. 
Yeah, absolutely. The blocking. I mean, Matt Lafleur calls him the team, the team goon for that reason. But also a big factor is the trust he has with Aaron Rodgers. I think we've talked about on here how Cobb, when he was uh, prior to his injury, you know, he was heavily targeted on third downs, um, was successful in the red zone. But prior to Cobb coming here, that was that was Alan Lazard's role. Like he was Rodgers' go-to guy on third downs, and we've seen it over the, especially over the last month or so when Lazard's been playing really well. We wondered who was going to step up in Randall Cobb's absence. That's been Lazard. But he's also, in addition to all that, he's kind of filled the the big Bob Tunyon role a little bit in this offense. We've seen Lewis and DeGora step up in the passing game, but, you know, Tunyon lined up in the slot quite a bit, and Lazard's taking some of those routes the blocking ability. We saw him run that leak last week across the field that we've seen Tunyon utilized with. So he just, he's a chameleon and he's the ultimate team player. You know, if he doesn't have a target go his way, he's, you know, I'm sure he wants the ball, but he's fine with that and he's going to do whatever's asked of him. So yeah, I, I really like that selection as well. Yeah, he's just a do lunch pail kind of guy on offense, which is something you usually see on defense. But Lazard's been fantastic, and and no lack of confidence from the quarterback in throwing the ball his way. So, Paul, we'll move over to you for your X factor. I know that you've written about this, and you kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit. I shouldn't say hemmed and hawed <laughs> as if you couldn't figure it out. It was more of just mold. You mold it, mold, mold it very carefully, and the final answer. For your X Factor in the 2021 playoffs for the Green Bay Packers is Dean Lowry. So what I was mulling was I have an article at Dairyland Express where I picked out five guys and I was debating between two of them, Lowry and then Darnell Savage. But you'll have to go to read the article, see what I said about Savage. When it comes to Dean Lowry, as Jerry Montgomery says, Dean Lowry, big Dean, as Rashawn says, he does the dirty work. He's not typically someone to fill the stat sheet. He eats double teams, occupies space, occupies space, except for this year. He has filled the stat sheet. Dean Lowry has 42 pressures, which I think are actually like the 15th most among interior defensive linemen. He also, and that's a career high, he also had six sacks, corner pro football focus, another career high. For reference, over the previous two years combined, 2019 and 2020, he totaled 42 pressures, so what he did this season, and three total sacks. It felt like there was... One play, maybe two plays every week, every other week, where we just saw Big Dean bulldozing his way via bull rush into the backfield and just absolutely destroying a play. So we all know here in Green Bay, the mantra, get Kenny Clark some help. Well, he's had some more help this season, and we've seen it pay dividends for Clark as well. But the reason that Lowry is my X factor is because when he's playing well, everybody on the defense benefits. With Kenny Clark... Uh, the Green Bay Packers have the flexibility to move him around more. Kenny Clark took the most snaps of his career lined up over the tackle. He also generated 64 pressures, which is the second most of his career. Now, that's not all related to, you know, hey, Dean's playing well. We can move Kenny around more. Part of that is just Joe Barry's defensive scheme that was talked about over the summer before the season even started. But when you have Dean Lowry playing well inside, that certainly helps and gives Green Bay that added flexibility. Also, as I mentioned, Dean's job oftentimes is to occupy defenders, take on double teams, eat up space. Well, that benefits the edge rushers. That also benefits the linebackers. And on those bull rush plays where 
he's busting through the line of scrimmage. The quickest way, runner pass, to absolutely just destroy a play defensively is pressure from up the middle. And when that happens, that's going to benefit your secondary. So we know Kenny Clark needs that, needs his Robin. And Dean Lowry's been able to do that on a number of occasions this season. Helps the run defense, helps against the pass. Basically, everyone on the defensive side of the ball can benefit when Dean's playing at a high level. So he's my X factor. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You got to have somebody who, when they've got a chance to get those one-on-ones and make a play because someone else next to them is transcendent and fantastic, is ready to make the play and will make the play. Dean Lowry is one. It's, it's an interesting one, Paul, because I think you're right. The Packers need that push up front. TJ Slayton isn't ready to play any significant snaps up front. Tyler Lancaster, as you said, is is who he is there. So it 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 does take the elevation of a player like a Lowry in order for the Packers to to be a little bit better on defense, create some more pressure and take away some of those running lanes. And every team the Packers are going to play in the playoffs does everything well. They rush the passer, they run the football, they throw the ball. That's why they're in the playoffs. So they're going to need everybody to, to do well. I think that was a great pick. You guys both picked great players in, in terms of that they're not you know big key starters and, and obvious names like one of the three of us did when we get to mine. But Matt, before we do that, Dean Lowry, he's been an interesting player. I don't know if we've spent a whole lot of time talking about him. So your take on Dean and how much the Packers need from him in particular up front. I think he's a he needs to be a contributor, right? Because Kenny's going to get more looks. Um, in the postseason, I think Dean unfortunately gets a bad rap from all Packers fans. Um, I would almost lump him with like Billy Turner, where people are kind of like, ah, Billy Turner sucks. But it's like, well, actually, he's contributed quite well if you actually look at it. Um, and I feel like Dean's kind of gotten that same rap. Um, he's paid probably a little bit more than I'd want him to, but also he got that deal many, many years ago before the Packers started bringing in some better talent. Um, but he needs to be, he needs to be a guy, he needs to be a dude. Um, hopefully take some um some you know uh, blocks away from Kenny Clark and contribute and get after the pass for a little bit. He's had a pretty damn good season. Um so I don't hate it at all because you're you're going to have to have someone uh just hold down uh, an edge um and let those other guys off the edge like we started the episode, right? Those other three or four dudes that are coming back on the on the actual edge uh, to contribute. So I like the Dean Lowry call um because he's allowed you know, you can say what you want about schematics or whatever about Joe Barry's defense and moving Kenny Clark around a little bit. But I mean, without Dean Lowry, Kenny wouldn't have that option. I don't think I really don't think that would be the case. So um, he needs to keep doing this in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Role players there, too. And then we get to mine and mine is a very obvious name. But I think that the reason that it's fitting is because of where he's at as far as the season goes. Mine is David Bakhtiari. 
And it's because I still have, I still mm-hmm. cannot get over the, I guess I'll call it the PTSD of what, what happened to the Packers in the NFC Championship game. There were a bunch of things that happened last year that, helped, that, that kept them from winning that game. At the pass rush was one of them. I mentioned Vita Vea coming back and pushing up front there. Jason Pierre-Paul had a really, really good game, probably a better game than, than he should have. Shaq Barrett's a really good pass rusher too. So all three of those guys just absolutely wrecked and took advantage of a Packers offensive line that had Billy Turner playing a little bit out of position on the left-hand side, Rick Wagner over on the right-hand side who wasn't isn't quite Dennis Kelly. And so I think the Packers have really addressed that. But David Bakhtiari coming back, he played in limited snaps, but he was a little winded after the Lions game. So the conditioning, how well is he going to play? Is he's got the know-how and he's a great tackle and he's all pro for a reason in, in past seasons. But I went with David Bakhtiari because that's the obvious and that's one of the biggest things people point to, to why they didn't get past last year. Now this year, the luck, the fortune with injuries has been completely different. So he's back. And I don't think that he's going to allow himself to play poorly or be uh, you know, outwinded and, and not finish a game because he wasn't conditioned enough. I mean, you, you can only do so much to get yourself ready when you haven't played the game in a long time. But that's why I'm picking David Bakhtiari for me because it's that's what's going to keep teams from being able to do all these crazy, quirky things. Because we're going to see quirky things happen to the Green Bay Packers. Teams are trying to steal possessions and steal points. They're going to run some trick plays. They're going to see what was on film and, and, and what the Lions were able to do. Now, that wasn't against starters, but I still think teams are going to try to, they, they always try to do something. You know, you don't throw deep and you don't, go, you don't go deep on the Packers. Well, someone's going to try to go deep on the Packers because if you don't, it's, it's like Bruce Arians said before, no risk it, no biscuit. And you need to have your best players in the best position to stop that from happening. So Jair coming back. Maybe he's the reason why teams can't throw deep and they can't do that gadget play that somebody who's like a Russell Douglas has had a great season but gets beaten by that or, or a young player like Eric Stokes, for example. I'm picking on the cornerback group here in particular. So having all of your best and most preferred guys is so key. Now, unfortunately, no Elton Jenkins, and I'm not going to compare John Runyon Jr. to Elton Jenkins by any stretch at left guard. You want, you want Big E out there. Uh, but I still think the Packers are in really good shape. And, and if you had to to be with or without one or the other, David Bakhtiari playing in his natural position at left tackle, even more than, than Elton Jenkins at left tackle, very much what you want to see. So, all right, I'll come clean here. Matt, we'll start with you. We'll go in reverse order. Did I, did I tick? Was the fruit too low hanging with my pick of David Bakhtiari and my rationale that it's because he hasn't played in the year? No, I don't actually think it is because if you actually go back a full year, he impact him not being there impacted the game a ton, right? And we still don't really know. He only played, I think, for my count, twenty eight snaps last week. Mm-hmm. Um, went into the medical tent. Obviously, that was just protocol. Is there any swelling? Any pain, David? No. All right, sit your sit sit down. Enjoy yourself. So, who knows? Like, I, I don't think it's that low hanging at all. I I don't mind the pick because time and time again, we we saw it um, last year in the Super Bowl, right? Uh, the Chiefs were absolutely decimated up front uh, with a couple of injuries at their offensive line, and that game basically went uh, completely against them um, just because of that. So you got to be able to protect protect the passer. You got to be able to run the ball, and David Bakhtiar on the left side does that, and he looked really freaking good last week in uh, you know less than a half. So hopefully he can continue to do that um, in this postseason. Had a great conversation on Quick Slants on Thursday with former Packer guard Mike Wall, who was part of some really good Packers teams that unfortunately did not get to play at home in the NFC Championship game. And we spent a lot of time talking about David Bakhtiari and why he's such a big factor and why he's so good at what he does and why there's a big difference between him 
and Yash Nyman and how he just elevates the rest of the guys around him. So, Paul, I know we talked about it beforehand. You knew that was going to be my pick, and you and I have talked at length about the things that didn't happen because David Bakhtiari wasn't out there. Is he going to fix some of those ails this time around? I mean, I have to think so. He was It was limited playing time against Detroit, but he looked he looked good. And I know the Detroit pass rush isn't exactly a stout one, but nonetheless, it had been over a year since he had been in a, a live-action game, and he looked he looked like David Bakhtiari for the most part. But now I like the pick because there, I mean, he's coming off the injury. There's that, you know, a little bit of unknown around him. But w- if he can be David Bakhtiari that we all know and we all love, that just frees up this offense so much. As good as as well as Yash filled in, you know, he had to be accounted for in the game plan. You know, all right, we need the tight end chips. Rodgers, you got to get the ball out really quickly, and that can just affect the overall play of the offense or how they go about it and taking him into consideration when putting that game plan together. If you have David Bakhtiari there playing like David Bakhtiari, you don't have to do that. And we saw Rodgers hold on to the ball a little bit longer. I imagine he's feeling a little bit more comfortable back there, and that just opens up the opportunities for Rodgers, opens up the playbook a bit for Matt LaFleur, so... It it goes without saying, but obviously the whole offense is going to benefit from Bakhtiari's presence, not just the offensive line. Yeah, and one thing Mike Wall said was guys who are all pros, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, uh, guys like that, Kenny Clark, they make the guys around them want to be better and prepare better. And so I think about your pick, Paul, Dean Lowry. Maybe he puts a little bit extra time in and, and and looks at some other tendencies on the offensive line and tries to find a way that he can get back there and disrupt. I feel like when we've seen Packers teams win the Super Bowl, there's always an unsung hero of some sort that comes through with a big play. I look at Jared Bush with a pick in the Super Bowl, for example. There's And there's always some player that has to step up and make a big play. And I think those all pros and Pro Bowl players around them will hopefully elevate everybody. And you don't want to be the reason why you don't, win the championship. Like John Runyon Jr. is like, hey, I'm next to David Bakhtiari here. This is our third chance at an NFC championship game. I don't want like my miss block to be the reason Aaron doesn't hit Devontae for a game winner and we don't end up going to the Super Bowl. So I think hopefully that was those were good picks. So we got Alan Lazard, Dean Lowry, David Bakhtiari. There are others. And we've still got two more weeks to talk about leading up to hopefully what is well at least one more week, but we've we've got hopefully two more if the Packers get past the divisional round and end up hosting an NFC championship game, and then we'll have to figure out what, how we're going to do the show and what's going to happen because I'm going to be in the air on my way to frigid, cold <laughs> Green Bay, Wisconsin. We may have to get together and do the show live. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if the COVID Good. protocols. Like a, that's a chance. There, there's an opportunity there. If everyone's healthy and we have a chance to do it, I'd say let's, let's try to find a way to make it work if we can somehow. But uh, Great discussion, great conversation, very positive vibe going on around the Packers getting healthy. It's great to have all these guys to talk about instead of talking about how they won't be there. So as always, before we sign off, we'll go around the horn. Any final thoughts and anything that we're working on and what's going on out in the blogosphere? Paul, we'll start with you with all of the writings and musings that you're doing around the world of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, As I mentioned, head over to Dareland Express. Check out my X-Factors article. I had four others. And then at Cheesehead TV, talked about the Edge Rusher group, and at each of those sites, there's a number of other items there as well. Fantastic. And Matt, I assume you had the Final Dump podcast came out uh, yesterday, and you'll have another one coming up this Friday, I assume. 
Yeah, definitely. And just got to sit back, relax, and watch the games, right? Like everyone else. Um, stress-free? See, yeah, stress-free. I mean, kind of, you know, there's there's teams that I'm a little bit worried about on the NFC side, um, some that I'm not as worried about, but sit back, relax, kind of watch those, <clears throat> figure out if there's any new wrinkles they're trying to throw, um, figure out if they're able to, you know, to miss the injury bug and see how they say, see how they operate, right? If there's any upsets, that'd be great. Um, obviously, we got to wait until Monday too, with uh, specifically with that Niners and Cardinals game. But yeah, it should be a great weekend, and then obviously another final dump game, or at least another final dump episode for the season coming up uh, next week, Friday morning. So, Matt, the follow-up question to that, and Paul, I'll yeah. ask you the same thing afterwards. Is there who do you, is there any team in particular you want to see in the divisional round, or are you like bring any comers that win? Eagles. Eagles is the only team I want to actually see. Okay. All the other teams I feel like are pretty damn good. So bring on the Philadelphia Eagles, who if they I beat the, if they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road, are going to be very very confident coming into Lambeau Field, Paul. Yeah, and it's and it's actually impossible. I'm pretty <laughs> sure the way like the way this whole thing works it's out, just, like the way they're receding, it's not possible. But well, that's the only honestly that's the only team I'm confident the Packers could beat right now. Like it's not it's no pessimism towards the Green Bay Packers. It's I think those other five teams are really really good football teams. Like they made it this far, and they if they can put their best brand of football together, which has been tough for every team basically outside the Packers, it's. It's tough. That's Brady. That's Brady. The yeah. Eagles better better the Eagles than the Packers this weekend. Paul, do you care? I do not. The Green Bay Packers are the boogeyman of the NFC. Bring on whoever. Yeah, if you're the number one seed, you got to win the game. Like Absolutely, got to win the game. If you're if you're on top, if you're the if you're the top dogs, right? So I will have a quick slants podcast out again on Monday. Probably just a, a recap of the games so far, except for the Arizona Rams game, which is a a trend setting or a precedent setting Monday night playoff game, uh, which uh-huh. is, which is very interesting. And then I'll have another one again, of course, as always on Thursday. So thanks everybody for riding along. I hope everyone is staying warm wherever they are at. We'll have the weather report and some more green Bay Packers talk for you next week on Saturday. In the meantime, everybody, as always stay warm, stay safe and go pack. Go. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.